Our gospel for today will sound familiar to us at St. John's. Our mission to love God and love others comes from this text. But before we can ponder the gospel, we need to consider the tree in Psalm 1. When I was a child, I remember reading Shel Silverstein's The Giving Tree for the first time about a tree who loved a little boy and gave all she had, letting him sell her apples, cut her branches, and finally chop her down to build his house. She becomes a seat for him to sit after he returns to her tired from all his travels. I cried as a child reading that story and in fact, that story is so short, I thought about reading it to you, but I decided not to because I still cry when I read that story. I cry because of her giving and his ungratefulness. I hate the ant as they both wait for death. I want something different, a vision, a different vision of what generosity could be something more full of life for both the man and the tree. Now you have to understand trees for me, as you see in the background, are very important. In one place that I lived, uh, Fort Knox, Kentucky, when I was a child, I had a crab apple tree, which I would climb and listen to the leaves for hours. And then many of my stories growing up, trees were characters, special trees, magic trees, holy trees, talking trees like the Ents in The Lord of the Rings. There were trees in Germany where my dad and I took long walks together. My love of Celtic spirituality, no doubt, is because trees are often at the center of their stories too. And gatherings for worship are not just congregations of people, but also congregations of trees and all of God's creation gathered outside. Even now, I have a tree that guards my house, a huge Norway spruce in my backyard that I have named the Sentinel. I weep when I see old healthy trees cut down for no other reason than to build buildings or roads and for the fact they give us so much physically, oxygen and food and shade, they also give us so much beauty. A vision of life rooted deep in place and time with branches that reach toward the sky. Time now for a tree fact. Did you know that the oldest tree in the world is a bristlecone pine and it's named Methuselah. She lives in California and she is almost 5,000 years old. And her address is a secret because they don't want anyone to know where she lives. So you can imagine my delight long ago when I first started reading scripture that God has a soft, spot in his heart for trees. And in fact, there are many trees in scripture. You could say that it's a book of trees. And the story begins in Genesis with trees and it ends in Revelation with one tree. 
In Genesis 2, Adam and Eve are given all the trees and plants to eat, but there are two special trees in the garden, the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. The only tree that they cannot eat, the only tree is the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And that implies that they were eating from the tree of life. But we know how that story ends. Here's an interesting piece though. If you were to look figuratively for the Trinity in the garden, you could say that God, the creator, speaks creation into existence and the spirit hovers above the waters and breathes life into the first humans. And Jesus, the second person of the Trinity, where is he? He would be the tree of life. Our story takes a turn with humanity eating from the forbidden tree, breaking all of the life-giving relationships between God and humans, humans and humans, humans within themselves, and humans with creation. Adam and Eve can no longer enjoy the tree of life and their broken relationship with God, but that doesn't mean God is done with them. What will heal this brokenness? So the tree of life returns in scripture at various times, almost like a vision of hope pulling us forward to that final tree at the end. In Ezekiel 47, 12, it says, By the river on its bank, on this side and on that, shall grow a tree for food whose leaf shall not wither, neither shall its fruit fail. It shall produce new fruit every month because its waters issue out of the sanctuary and its fruit shall be for food and its leaves for healing. In the Song of Songs, that lovely allegory of God's love for us, we hear about a tree as well. It writes in chapter two, verse three, as the apple tree, Among the trees of the wood, so is my beloved among the sons. I sat down under his shadow with great delight, and his fruit was sweet to my taste. Through this verse, Jesus and the tree of life become connected in the tradition. And also remember, the giving tree is also an apple tree. You may remember the beautiful carol by Elizabeth Poston. The tree of life my soul has seen, laden with fruit and always green. The trees of nature fruitless be, compared with Christ, the apple tree. This fruit does make my soul to thrive. It keeps my dying faith alive, which makes my soul in haste to be with Jesus Christ, the apple tree. Time now for our second tree fact. The oldest trees, as far as evolution goes, go back 200 million years. There are trees that still exist evolutionarily that were first birthed 200 million years ago. And these are ginkgo trees. They're the ones that have that weird fan-shaped leaf. And if you want to see what a ginkgo tree looks like, just go to UD's campus and there are two of them right near Alumni Hall. These trees have persevered and not changed much evolutionarily um, through the millennia. 
So in scripture, the vision of the tree expands now to include human life restored, flourishing and planted in God. In Jeremiah 17, blessed are those who hope in the Lord, whose hope is the Lord. They shall be like a tree planted beside water, sending out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when the heat comes for its leaves shall stay green. In the year of drought, it is not anxious for it does not cease to bear fruit. And then we have the tree that comes up in our readings today, Psalm 1. The righteous person is a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. You're probably hearing this other thread that's coming through the streams of water. Streams, living water, water that is alive and moving becomes connected to this tree of life. And throughout scripture, it's also a symbol of God sustaining life, a symbol that Jesus himself uses with a certain woman at a certain well in John chapter four. And her dry and dusty life full of regret and sorrow, she comes for water that will not quench her thirst. And Jesus plants her by living waters and leads her to eternal life. But with Jesus, the tree also changes. Jesus is described five times in the New Testament as being crucified on a zulon. Zulon is Greek, meaning something that is wooden, and it is figuratively translated as tree. But this tree isn't full of life. It is a means of death, and it has been cut down by humans to be used for a terrible purpose. It is no longer planted by streams of water and it is no longer full of leaves. But as anything that comes in contact with Jesus Christ, even this tree changes. The hymn Crux Fidelis, Faithful Cross, written in the sixth century and is still used in Good Friday at many churches says, faithful cross above all other, one and only noble tree, none in foliage, none in blossom, none in fruit thy peer may be, sweetest wood and sweetest nail, sweetest weight was hung on thee. Jesus's resurrection changes the wood of the cross back into the tree of life. Jesus becomes the leaves, the fruit, and even the living water into which it is rooted. Time now for our third tree fact. The tallest tree in the world living right now has a name and it's called Hyperion. Hyperion is a redwood and lives in California and it is 379.7 feet tall. So let me translate that to you. That's 27 stories tall. So you can imagine how big that tree would be if you were at its base. We finally in scripture meet the tree again at the restoration of all things. Revelation 22, the very last chapter of the Bible, and it is glorious. And I can imagine that this tree in Revelation dwarfs Hyperion in size and in beauty. 
Revelation states, Then the angel showed me a river of the water of life, clear as crystal, coming from the throne of God and of the Lamb in the middle of its street. On either side of the river was the tree of life, bearing 12 kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit every month, and the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. At the center of the garden, in the center of the New Jerusalem, leafed out full of fruit with leaves for the healing of every broken relationship, rooted in living waters flowing from the throne of God, this is our future. The ending of the giving tree doesn't work because it's not the whole story. It stops before resurrection. It stops without hope. The man and tree wait for death. Scripture shows us a different vision, the tree of life, not a stump or a barren cross, but leafy and full of fruit, planted in the living water, giving us life for all eternity. And that today is our good news, the word of our hope. But as always, there's more because this life that we have been given, this love is not for ourselves alone. In Jesus, each one of you becomes trees of life. In our gospel today, Jesus gives the greatest commandments, love God and love your neighbor. And Jesus himself lives those commandments in his life. He does it first. He embodies the love of God, heart, mind, soul, and strength, and loving his neighbor, us, coming to live with us, coming to love as one of us, coming to die as one of us, and then being raised as we will be raised from death to life. Jesus does not call us to a love that is human, not something that is in our own strength and power, but planted in him the living water. Our roots drink deep of his love. We are given the power to love beyond anything we can ask or imagine. I'll say again, it's not our power. It's rooted in him and him alone. Our leaves through him and our fruit through him can flourish with love for the healing of the nations. A good word for us right now. We become channels of God's love for the healing and restoration of broken relationships. So this week, I encourage you to reflect on the vision of the tree, you, planted in Jesus's own living water. How might you love God and love others as a tree of life? What is one small way you can drink deep of God's love and share that love with those around you? Amen.